Hi, welcome back, everybody. This is the Things Christians Want to Know podcast, and I am Nate Johnson, and I'm here with Paul Anderson. Good day. Good day to you as well, kind sir. And it is good to be back with you here in 2019. I don't know what year you're listening to this, but for us, it's 2019. (laughs) And today we are going to talk about something that I really like talking about. I know Paul does too. And so we're excited for this. Um, We're going to talk about hearing the voice of God for other people. We've talked a little bit about how to hear the voice of God for ourselves and what that's like and what the Bible says about learning to hear God speak as a sheep learns from their shepherd. And tonight we're going to talk about doing that for other people. So hearing God's voice for your friend, your spouse, your child, um, somebody at church who needs prayer. And, you know, I've, I've been studying this and teaching about this for a long time. The first time I preached on this topic at a church um, I, was the the church that your son, Andrew, and I yes. started at the University of Minnesota called Extreme Life. It was a young adult church. Um, and we were kids who didn't know what we were doing, but we were having a lot of fun. And uh, I had preached a long series on how to hear the voice of God, which most of the people there had never studied and never heard about before and so they were really excited and really happy to be in most cases hearing the voice of god for the first time and just getting to know god in that new way and you know you know i don't know if you remember what it was like you were probably pretty young when you first started you know communicating with god in that way but it just opens up your relationship with god so much when you can actually hear from him and it's just a wonderful, wonderful thing. And so people were really, really excited. And I said, okay, so this week we are going to um, talk about how to hear the voice of God for each other. And they're like, oh. And I was like, so we, we've learned a little bit about how to hear the voice of God for ourselves and how to process that. And now we're going to listen the same exact way, but we're going to listen for someone else. So I got everybody into groups of three and I, I taught for like five minutes. Mm-hmm. And then I got everybody into groups of three and I said, okay, now... Every single person in this room is going to hear from God now. Either you're going to hear from God for someone else or someone else is going to hear from God for you and share that with you. But you will be hearing from God during this time and everybody's going to do it. Um, And it's going to be really cool. And then let's talk about it afterwards. And so we did that and I'm pretty sure every single person heard. There might have been one who didn't or one who wasn't sure. Um, But otherwise, every single person did and they were all really excited, but they weren't freaking out. Mm-hmm. They weren't rolling in the aisles or anything like that. They were just like, that was neat. So we learned how to hear from God for ourselves. And now we're learning how to hear from God for other people. And then we, we, I had a couple of people share their experiences and then talked about how, um, in my opinion, this is a very valuable thing for Christians to have, because we want to learn how to be, we were that year, we were talking about friendship as a theme and fellowship. We want to learn how to be better friends for each other. That's, something that builds the body of Christ together. And so it's really helpful if you can hear from God for your friends, because then when they're in a difficult time, they're in an emotional time or in a period of turmoil and they have a hard time hearing for themselves. Cause we had talked about how sometimes in periods of strong emotion, it can be harder to hear God. Sure. And so it's great to have friends who can hear for you. And wouldn't that be wonderful if we did that for each other? And everybody's like, yeah, that's really neat. Um, and then afterwards a girl comes up, um, she had a, a Lutheran background and a church that didn't disbelieve in God speaking or in 
things like that, but didn't highly encourage it, the pursuit of it either. And she says, so I'm a little confused. Um, how is this that we just did? How is that not prophecy? I mean, isn't that what the New Testament would call prophecy? God speaks to you and you speak that to somebody else. Isn't that what prophecy is? How's that different than what we did? And I was like, interesting. <laughs> tell me, tell me more about that. Because I had in my sneaky pastor way, intentionally not used the word prophecy. Obviously, this was a sermon about prophecy. Sure. This is a podcast about prophecy. That's the first time I've used the word, though. I noticed that. Because, and this was my first experiment with this um, in this sermon that I gave, which was a long time ago now, um, probably 14 years ago. And because I knew that if I said the word prophecy, just the word, sure, half the people in the room would automatically be out. Yep. You said prophecy, I'm out. Nope. Weird. Bizarre. Demonic. I don't like it. Evil, scary, whatever words they would throw in. Or really way out there and I can't, I can't get there. I don't know if I'm there yet. <clears throat> or, yeah. or to some people, prophecy, ooh, that's super spiritual. I'm not, I'm, I'm still working on sin issues. I, I sure. like, I'm not, I'm not one of those, sure. you know, um, prophecy <clears throat> is a word with a lot of baggage, so much baggage. Delta would not let you check on the plane with the word prophecy. Okay. <laughs> Too much baggage. And so I, and I knew my people, most of them came from a background where if I just throw out that word, half of them are out automatically. Now I had prophesied for them for, you know, a year or more. Um, but I never said those words. I just did it. And they were like, Oh, that's neat. Thank you. You know? Um, and so I, I gave the sermon. She came up, she called me on it. I was hoping somebody would notice. Right. Uh, she's like, so how is this not prophecy? So we talked about it and she wasn't real comfortable with the idea of it being prophecy, but I was like, but how was this experience for you? Was it okay? Oh yeah, it was cool. Did you hear from God? Oh yeah. I heard from God for her and he heard from God for me and her. And it was really neat. Okay. So then if we call that prophecy, does that make the experience worse for you? And she wasn't sure on that one. Mm -hmm. She's like, I don't know. And I was like, well, how about this? If we were in another language, what would we call this? I don't know. We call it whatever it is in that language. So would that word bother you? No. Okay. So maybe it's just an issue of the word. And that word maybe means things to you and it has certain baggage. And, and maybe we can just leave that word alone and just pursue what the Bible says. And let's just go for that. She's like, yeah, I'd be more comfortable with that, certainly. And so I said, you know, why don't you just go home and just pray about this over the next week and over the next several weeks, even a couple of months, really. She prayed a lot about it and she thought a lot about it and was very humble to the Lord and just said, you know, I want what you want for me, God. And but I, you know, I don't want to do weird things, though. But I want to do what you want me to do. So I'll do that. Um, Good and for which you, I Pastor. Think, well, yeah. way to go. Man. And I, well, way to go on her for being humble like that. Yeah. Because that is the right kind of prayer. Thy will be done is always the right prayer. Mm -hmm. Right? Um, not thy will be done as long as thy will is A, B, and C. Mm -hmm. um, instead, no, thy will be done. You know my preference would be A, but <laughs> I'm willing to do C. Um, and so she came around. And she still didn't love the word prophecy. But that's okay, because we hardly ever use the word. <laughs> um, because I knew people didn't like it. And so that was my first experience, or maybe my first success, I would say, in sneaking around the word. I really like that. 
Um, and I, I continue to do that. There are some settings, like at Lydia House, where we, where we pastor, we can use the word prophecy, and most people don't have a problem with it. But I still try to explain the word when I use it, because to a lot of people, ooh, uh, what does that mean? It, are, you pre, are you forecasting the future? And if you're wrong, we're going to throw a stone at you? Like, what, what are we talking about? I don't understand. Mm-hmm. Um, so let me ask you, Paul, help us understand. What does prophecy mean? What is New Testament prophecy? Well, I think you've already helped us because you put them in a posture of listening to hear from God and then to speak what they're hearing. I think that's a wonderful definition of prophecy. It's listening and hearing what God's speaking. It's more, excuse me, it's more than encouragement. Encouragement can come from just wanting to help somebody and you love them and so you you encourage them. But you added the dimension of listening. A prophetic word comes because someone is listening and hears something that God wants to say to another person and uses them as a voice. So I like that as a simple definition of prophecy. Listening and a word. There's a nowness to a prophetic word. Mm-hmm. Uh, that uh, there's a timeliness to it. That uh, also I think needs to be acknowledged. That uh, when we're saying something to someone, for instance, about healing or about their future, there's that element of time that God knows, and so He gives that to us, and we speak it forth, and it it lands. Can I, before we get into some of the, some of these very important details, and we'll be talking about this for, for a few weeks because this is such a big topic, but yeah. um, why does God do this? Why does God, the Holy Spirit, speak to us through others rather than just exclusively speaking directly to people? Hmm. God's really big. Agreed. He's, he's really, really big. And when he would, in those rare <coughs> moments, speak from heaven, sometimes people would understand it. Sometimes they would say it's thundering. And so God chooses to speak to humans through human instrumentality. Yeah. He no. can heal people directly. True. He can save people directly. Yep. But there's somehow, he likes partnership. He calls us co-laborers with him. Yeah. I'm amazed at that. I'm amazed that I'm a co-worker with God. I'm not just serving God. I'm with him. I'm on the team with God. And so if he wants to give a message to someone, how kind of God, how humble of God to say, Paul, I'm going to give you a message to give to them. It's really humbling. Wow, Wow, it is. It's really humbling. And it's true. This is, I don't understand the whys. Like, I can't answer my own question. Why does God do this? I, I, I have a hard time answering that. But I, I know throughout the New Testament, it is very clear that this is what God does. Yeah. He said, you are now my hands and feet. Like, mm-hmm. this is our job now. We are Christ. We are the body of Christ. And part of that body does include a mouth. And so, yeah. in one point it says, how will people hear the gospel unless it is preached to them? That's right. And so, preaching, I think preaching and prophecy are related mm-hmm. um, in a lot of ways. Why is preaching a thing? Why does it exist? Why is it necessary? But it is. Yeah. 
The gospel has to be preached. The Bible has to be preached. We have to have pastors and teachers. It, it's God has woven it in such a way that we have to rely on each other, which is why I think it is a really a beautiful thing, even though I don't fully understand all of it. It's a beautiful thing to make us interdependent. We need each other. The hand needs the spleen. Yes. And the eyes need the liver. Like, we need each other. And if we... It's, it's very American to think that it can just be me and God. That's it. Me and God on an island, I'm good, man. Mm -hmm. I'm good. Mm -hmm. But that, that might be true for the six people who are trapped on islands. But for everybody else, he intends us to be in the body, in relationship okay. with one another. Interdependent. All as living stones being built together into a spiritual house to worship God. And so we are being put together in that way. Um, that is different and we're all unique and some of us have strong gifts in one thing, strong gifts in another, but we all do need each other. And that's, to me, that's what it comes down to when it comes down to why, why does prophecy have to exist and why is it important? Why should we care? It's because we need each other. Encourage one another day by day, as long as it's called today. <clears throat> I think today is still being called today. It is. I think it's still today. So we need, we do, we need each other. We Every need to build day. each other up every day and that is one of the points of prophecy which we'll get into in a little bit is one of the main purposes of prophecy is to build up that's right and to encourage like you said it's more than just encouragement it, it takes a step beyond because we can always encourage other people which i think is good to encourage yeah. hey you know you've been doing a great job i love what you did that was really awesome way to go you know that's encouraging but i was praying for you and i feel like god is really excited about this new idea that you have. And I think it might even have come from God. And I think you really should pray about it and think about maybe pursuing this idea that, yeah, I don't know what the idea was because I didn't hear that, but I just kind of sensed an excitement from God about it. So pray about that. You know, that goes yeah. beyond encouragement. Yes. Um, that, cause how many, how many times do we want to know what God wants us to do? Like all the time. You know, I always wish God would just text me, you know, what's going on. He doesn't. He could, but he doesn't. He chooses not to text. He chooses to speak to us through other ways. And one of them is each other. And the reason I think prophecy is such a beautiful thing is because that requires humility. To be willing to hear, mm -hmm. hear from God from someone else. To say, I need someone else for something. That is very non-American. It's very non-independent. And it's humble. And that's why I think it's so beautiful. Because there's power in humility. Anytime you can humble yourself, it's a good choice. And so when you have to hear from someone else, or when someone else comes to you and gives you a word and you're like, ooh, I don't know if I agree with that or not. I don't know if I like that or not. And I definitely don't like that person <laughs> who gave me the word. That's happened to me, by the way. I'm a, I'm a human. I am flawed. Sometimes I don't like other people. And I've been given words before by people I didn't like. And I have to be like, okay, God, just because I didn't like that individual doesn't mean it wasn't you. So... Let me know. And that takes extra humility. Yes. And I think God loves to do that to us. <laughs> you need a little more humility. I'm going to help you out. You know, when you and I have done this, hearing the voice of God's seminar, have you noticed more people are getting words? It's It happens every time. Every time I've I, I would it. say I, I would say I have noticed that exact. We haven't actually even talked about this, but... I have noticed that it happens more often, like almost everyone in the room. Yes. Um, and I've, I've mused about why that is. Do, do you think you know why that is? Because I've, I've put some thought into this and I'm not sure. 
but I think there might be some reasons. Um, and we could certainly talk about it another time. We we do prepare for these, believe it or not. Um, <laughs> but sometimes sometimes things come up uh, in the moment. Um, well, I like the scripture that says you can all prophesy. It's a, it's a good one. You can all you can all do this. And so when we're listening for someone else, I think you're you're wise when you introduce that and say, and not calling it prophecy right away. Because that might say, oh, I, 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 I can't do that. But you just did. You just listened. And I, you got something for your life. I love showing people that something is true before telling them it's true. <laughs> there is nothing I like more than that. Especially <laughs> you tricked when, us. I, well, I'm, I, I, okay, I'll admit it. I do like tricking yes. people. Um, Pastor Sneaky. But I, I like it because so often we have these religious barriers that we put up because of our upbringing, because of experiences that we've had maybe bad experiences with one thing or another. And so we put up these walls, you know, right away. And when we hear certain words, when people do certain things, and if you can find a way to get around the wall, yes, then people can actually be touched. And if us as listeners, as receivers need to learn to, to open the gate in that wall, to be humble, to be a, as Jesus would say, fertile soil for the seed, to yeah. land in. Well, what you are doing is you are demystifying a gift that is very mystical <laughs> for people. Maybe because, the most. Because of Old Testament background, mm -hmm. the New Testament defines this in a very different way. But that opened the door for my daughter and a lot of young people in our young adult group when we begin to bring it out of the rarefied air of the super spiritual right. and said, you can do this. This is something that you can do. And we normalized it and people stepped in, including my daughter, Karis. That's cool. Because it's true. Even people who do believe in prophecy or who've experienced yes. and even those for whom the baggage would be positive, let's say, well, I still can't do it. Sure. I mean, that's not me. I'm not a. I'm not a book writer. I'm not a conference speaker. I'm not a person on the platform with the white suit or or whatever it is that that is in our mind about mm -hmm. the prophet. You know, I don't speak in the King James. I wouldn't even know what to say. Um, <laughs> that was a joke. Um, <laughs> in case you don't know. Okay, um, I'll laugh. Prophecy doesn't have to be in the King James. Um, but we people have these ideas, right? Mm -hmm. And they well, I can't do that. I like getting it. I would love it. You know, I, I know so many people who fantasized when they went to, let's say, the Holy Spirit Conference mm -hmm. or the Healing Conference or the Minnesota Prophetic Conference, and they literally fantasized about the prophet on stage calling them out mm -hmm. so that they stand and get a word from God. And that was like, that would be the most wonderful thing ever. <laughs> and I would be like, that would be really neat, wouldn't it? But, you know, I'll bet God could give you a word without that happening. If we got three or four people together and prayed, I bet God could give you a word right now. It doesn't need to come from Dr. So-and-so yes. or Minister So-and-so or Prophet with a capital P. So -so. Let's say it, Rick Joyner or John Paul Jackson yeah. or Cindy Jacobs. All of whom I like, by the way. Wonderful people. Yeah, but it doesn't, 
that's not what prophecy is. They prophesy, obviously, but that's not all that New Testament prophecy is. Like you said, the Apostle Paul said, you can all prophesy. That's a wonderful scripture. It's meant to be a gift for the body of Christ, not a gift to nine people to then distribute somehow to the body of Christ. It's something we can all do. I'm not in any way, you know, speaking against people who, you know, profit with a capital P, mm-hmm. prophesy mm-hmm. from stage or anything like that. that that's great, you know, mm-hmm. but that's not all we're talking about here. And I think if that's your idea about what New Testament prophecy is, you're probably going to be missing out. Yes. Because the idea of New Testament prophecy is we can all, this is a body of Christ thing. Just like we can learn to hear the voice of God, just like we can learn to understand scripture, just like we can learn to um, use self-control in our lives. The same way we rely on God to teach us all these things, we can rely on God to teach us how to prophesy. You know how Fred, you know, Fred Tony, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. uh, I liked how he did it. I was in a, probably in a seminar where he was teaching. And he said, here's what I want you to do. I want you to look at the other person. And here's how you're going to speak to them. You're going to say, the Father loves you and says to you. And then you're supposed to finish that sentence. Mm -hmm. And it was delightful when people got that enough to get them started. He said, just be aware of them. Look at them. The Father loves you and says to you that he really likes you and he has something special in store for you. And as they kept talking, and when they were open to God, he gave them more, and people learned how to do what they had seen people on the stage do, and they thought, I could never do that. But he gave them a starting point where they could give it a try, and they kind of backed their way into it, and it was delightful to see. And I really think that's key, is giving people a safe place to practice this, because standing up at your home church on a Sunday morning is not a safe place to practice this if you don't know what you're doing. It would be be out of order. It would be inappropriate. Um... It would probably not be in submission to the authority there unless you would talk to them about it beforehand, but they would probably say, um, no, um, <laughs> let's at least wait till you know what you're doing. Um, so we need a place. We need places where we can go, yes. where we can practice and fail. And at Extreme Life, at the church we started, we had a, a guys group because we, uh, our Sunday services weren't really a place where we could do that right away. Mm-hmm. We eventually grew into that, but we weren't at first because mm-hmm. it would have been too weird. It would have been sure. too strange because when people are first learning how to do prophecy, it's messy because it's not always right. And mm-hmm. we don't always know what we're saying. And once we get it into our heads that it's okay to take a risk and to step in faith in out of the boat into the water, um, sometimes we splash a bit and, <laughs> and, and, and we don't know what we're doing. We're like kids learning how to walk. You know, no kid just gets out of mama's arms and starts running around the house and learning how to pole vault. Like, it takes time to develop those kind of skills. And it takes time to develop prophecy as well. Mm-hmm. And so at Extreme Life, we um, we had a guys group. And we started meeting, and we didn't really have a purpose for our group. And then eventually we're like, well, until we think of something better, how about we just use this group as a practice time for prophecy, and we just practice prophecy on each other. Cool. And that ended up being all the group ever was. We would occasionally pray for each other, and like there would be good fellowship stuff because of the prophesying. 
but that was a safe place for us to practice to fail. You have to have a safe place to fail. Mm-hmm. And you have to have people in that place who can say, that wasn't on. I love yeah. you, but that wasn't true. Mm-hmm. I really see this about you and like something like this happened in your life. Sorry, I can't think of anything <laughs> like that. I can't think of anything like that. I'll, I'll think about it. Maybe God will reveal something to me later. But right now, I think that was a miss. Because mm-hmm. uh, there are misses and there are hits. You know, the guys you see on stage, they've been practicing for 20 years, 30 years. And I guarantee you, they have thousands of misses. Mm-hmm. But they've refined their skill as well as they have a pretty higher degree of anointing probably and so now that it seems like they have nothing but hits nothing but hits but it's just not true you can be a star baseball player and only get four hits out of every 10 at bats and you would be the absolute best in the in the league right um so so but we're scared we get too scared and i what fred did is so important because just getting people over that Mm self-consciousness the fear of failure Mm-hmm. The fear of saying something wrong. And some of that is natural human fear, but I think some of it is is fear of God. Like, I don't want to say I'm saying this from God when I don't know. I don't know if this is from God, so I don't dare. I don't dare say I think God is saying this when I don't know. I'm just guessing and I'm just trying. But but you got to start somewhere. Mm-hmm. And as we're learning, that's why whenever I'm teaching prophecy, and we'll talk about this later, I say... I feel like the Lord might be saying, I always use the word might and tell people to use the word might. And I usually tell people to say, I feel mm-hmm. that as opposed to thus saith the Lord, Ooh. stop doing that. Quit your job and go, you know, no, like, <laughs> whoa, 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 time out. I mean, if somebody started doing that at extreme life, I would stop them sure. mid word and say, we don't do that here. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, and, so you don't need to do it that way. I feel and might, and those are good words to use because we're all just learning here. Yeah. We're all just learning here. And what would you say to the person? You mentioned Old Testament prophecy. What would you say to the person who said, well, I thought if a prophet got it wrong, you're supposed to like stone them. Isn't this, aren't you guys making very light of an issue of prophecy when it's actually a really serious and important thing? Yeah, well, that's the difference between the Old Covenant and the new covenant. In the old covenant, God put his spirit on certain individuals for certain responsibilities. Prophets, and then they were, they were held accountable for what they did. And if they didn't do it, they were potentially stoned. Acts 2 says, I will pour out my spirit on all flesh and your sons and your daughters will prophesy. So that spirit was coming to allow us all to enter into this new dimensional gift whereby we can hear from God because the spirit lives within us now and we can uh, hear God for ourselves and we can hear God for others. So there's a huge difference between the old covenant and the new covenant. They're not stone and prophets in the new covenant because we're all part of the body of Christ. We're all filled with the spirit potentially. And we all have that opportunity to speak encouraging words that God gives us for others. It's good. I think that's an important distinction that yeah. a lot of people not familiar with it don't really understand that there's a difference between Old Testament prophecy and New Testament prophecy. Mm-hmm. And so they assume, pro- oh, prophecy. Okay, well, tell me about my future. Yeah. 
Whereas most New Testament prophecy isn't future casting. And we'll, we'll get into that um, maybe next week or the, or the week after. Um, there's, a, there's a lot of stuff here. <laughs> we could keep going, but I think we should probably call it for this week. Okay. Um, and pick it up again next week. But I encourage you, those of you who are listening, you know, if prophecy is a word for you that has a lot of baggage to it, um, maybe spend a little time in prayer and be willing to set the bags down. Just set the bags down there at the altar when you're praying and then say, Lord, I don't know about all this. You, you know my history. You, you know what's in my head, what's in my heart. But if this is something that you want for me, I'm willing. It's the, it's the response of Mary. Mm -hmm. Be it unto me according to your word. Yes. Your servant is willing. Mm -hmm. That's always the right response. Even when things are very surprising to us, like I'm sure Mary was extremely surprised mm -hmm. at Gabriel's announcement. Um, and maybe some of the listeners are, would be very shocked to think that God would want prophecy to be something that is in their lives. But consider humbly setting the bags down and being open to it. God likes to surprise us sometimes. And we'll see you next week and continue the discussion on prophecy. Mm -hmm.